<coughs> Hi, welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And tonight, our topic is troubles and trials. I want to say toil, toil, yeah, bit yeah. from Macbeth, but I guess... Yeah, the toil and... What is it? Uh, trouble, toil, toil, trouble, toilet, trouble, something, frog whatever. legs, whatever. Something involved. Anyway, we're going right. to talk anyway. about troubles and trials. Yes, from Jesus a biblical style. standpoint, yes. not from a uh, Macbeth standpoint. Yeah, that would not be good. Yeah, that's probably not the way to go with this. Okay, yeah. I, you know, I don't really like that play. <laughs> I mean, I just read it recently. Not just read it, but Hawk and I read it in the last year, and I'd read it, read it before. It's one of the most famous ones, you know, but they all do such dumb stuff. They cause their own troubles. Yep. And it's, uh, I guess, that kind of segues into our stuff, is that sometimes yeah. we do cause our own troubles. Yes, and sometimes there, there are troubles that are brought on to us by the world. Sometimes there are, tr- there are trials that are brought on to us by God. So uh, mm-hmm. James one twelve says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Uh, the crown of life is mentioned, uh, again, in uh, Revelation. It's a special award. It's a special, it's a special honor for people who um, have given their utmost under trial for Jesus. You know, I don't know if I'm excited about the crown. Yeah, but I know it also says in Revelation that you will then cast those crowns at the, at the feet of, of the Jesus. throne. So okay. you will have something to... Give them. Give. Hey, well, there you go. So, okay, there I you have go. one. Tri- I, w- I will say troubles and trials are a promise from Jesus. Hmm. Because he says in, um, in this world. John 16, yep, 33. Yep. Uh, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have troubles or tribulation. But take courage, I have overcome the world. So I um, is there one theme you want to talk about? Because we know we're going to have trials and troubles. I, I, I think... I think sometimes when people come to Jesus and they accept him and he's really part of their lives, that they think maybe it'll get easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not going to. Sometimes it gets harder. No, a lot of times it gets harder. And Well, I think there's, we mentioned in the beginning, there's three different ways we could go with this. We could go with the trials we put on to ourselves by ignoring God's voice. Mm-hmm. We can put on trials that the world puts on us because we're believers mm-hmm. and we can put put together trials that god gives us because he wants to to test us and i would say there's a fourth one okay there's just trials and troubles we have just because we live in the fallen world yeah just because of being human yeah, and there are things here's here's the the one i think is like probably the most famous verse about trials James one two uh-huh. okay consider it consider it all joy my brethren when you encounter various trials and I could go on, but I want to say in my in my Bible here, you'll see I have little notes. Mm-hmm. In 1988, I, I wrote, it's not really joy, but if you choose, Jesus will give you that joy, endurance. And then the next year I said, it, can't, it can be real joy, attitude, man. And then I said, um, Acts 20, 19 and 23. Now I'm curious, what does that mean? Acts 20, Acts 20. 19, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials, which came upon me through the plots of the Jews. This is Paul speaking. Except that the Holy Spirit solemnly testifies to me in every city, saying that bonds and affliction await me. Well, let's just talk in general about trials then. Um, yeah, because they're, they're going to come. 
Right. However they come. And, you know, there's a lot of purposes to, or purpose to the trials that we have. Uh, everything serves a purpose, whether it turns us back to God, whether it deepens our faith with God, whether it reveals things about God, whether it reveals things about ourselves and our relationship with God. Trials show that. If everything mm-hmm. was really easy, um, it would be really, really easy to have a very fluffy faith. Yeah, it would be like couch potato. We have couch potato faith. It would be very easy not to have to, to, to lean on God. And he yeah. wants us to do that. He wants us to lean into him. Um, you know, the one thing I want to say about trials is because it, this thought is what has changed it for me when I face a problem. I think naturally, just like little kids, when something bad happens, we say, why, 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 why? And often we don't know. I think what we need to say is, what? What is God going to use this for? And then that completely changes our attitude toward it, knowing that in God's, if it comes into our life, God allowed it. And so God is going to use it. Even Even if the trial is our fault, God can still turn it around and use it for his glory. You know, I mean, right. anything we allow. And I think, I got a couple of verses for Okay, that. go ahead. In Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts more than your thoughts. So sometimes God's doing things that we don't understand what it is, but it doesn't matter because in Jeremiah 29 and 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans mm. to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Mm. And I think about this um, in some of the, the the things that have challenged me, some of the worldly things that have challenged me mm-hmm. uh, intentionally, things like uh, when I was in the military and mm-hmm. they would put you through a real difficult school, when I went through jump master school and airborne school and, and things like that. <sighs> Those things weren't meant to break you. Mm-hmm. They were meant to strengthen you. Mm-hmm. And they were meant to prepare you for something that could happen that would be much worse. Mm-hmm. So that you could deal with it because you've experienced a taste of it enough that you could handle mm-hmm. things that go worse. And uh, I think God does that with us too. God puts us into trials and a chance. You know, the Bible talks about the refining fire. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, um, as a goldsmith or a silversmith would heat the metal, if you melt the metal... And then you scrape off the impurities that are on the top, and you just keep doing that. It gets more and more and more pure and more and more precious as you do that. So you can have some pretty junky gold full of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can have a whole bunch of it, but it's not really worth that much. Right, until you and you can refine it down, refine it, yeah. and that, that small refined piece is worth so much more. And I think sometimes that's what God's doing, and sometimes we don't know why. We don't even know the outcome, and if we get through it, is it, how could it possibly do anything for us? We just have to trust that God is in control, and there's a reason for it, because God always has a reason for what he does, and we don't have to know what that reason no, is sometimes. We might never know the oh, reason. Oh, that's hard to do. Yeah. It's oh, here, hard not to know. For, so. Okay. Um, well, this whole thing is good. Well, I'm going to read... Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Okay. Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. 
Though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. So if we wait for him, knowing he's going to come through, just wait Mm -hmm. and he'll get there. He's never late. He's late from our standpoint, but his timing is perfect. Something else I thought of, even don't look at trials like, like you're bad and you need fixing. Like Shannon says, it's refining. Even Jesus was in the wilderness for mm-hmm. 40 days. And was tempted. And was tempted. And and he was perfect. And he is perfect. So there was a purpose to that. And I guess it probably just prepared him for his ministry and for his his ultimate purpose of dying and coming back to life. I don't know what God did with his son out there, but it was good stuff. And, it, you know, if Jesus needed a time in the wilderness definitely we need times in the wilderness sure a time of testing a time of testing yeah Yeah. on second corinthians 12 9 through 10 paul says each time he said my grace is all you need my power works Mm -hmm. best in weakness Mm -hmm. so now i'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of christ can work through me that's why i take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults hardship persecution and troubles that i suffer for christ for when i am weak then i am strong Mm mm-hmm uh, at our most vulnerable, God is the strongest in our lives. Yes, and we will never feel stronger than we are when we are completely surrendered and turned over to Him. So it's a it's a it's a blessing to be tried like this. As Paul says, you know, I, I take pleasure in it because I know that through my weakness, God can be stronger. Mm-hmm. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. That's in Psalm 46, Psalm 46, 1. And in that same Psalm is a very famous verse, Psalm 46, 10. Mm-hmm. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Something that came to my mind when you were saying that. Now, oh man, it probably fl- flew out. Oh, well, oh. if it comes back, let me know. <laughs> okay. You know, and so many times we when we run into to trials or, or some sort of tribulation in our life, like you said, we say, why? Why me? Why is God letting this happen? Or why is God doing this? Um, and I think sometimes we, we miss the fact that it's it's done for a purpose in our lives, and we may not know what that purpose is. Mm-hmm. It's a privilege, really. It can be, yeah. yeah. And like Hebrews twelve five through 11 actually quotes uh, Proverbs 3 also okay. in it. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. Mm -hmm. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you're not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you're not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? Mm. They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, in order that we may share in His holiness. No discipline makes seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. God disciplines us often because he loves us, Mm -hmm. because he wants us to grow. Mm -hmm. He wants us to to push farther. He wants us to uh, 
uh, grow in our faith. He wants us to grow in our relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. He wants us to grow, and you cannot grow uh, without trials. You can't. Mm-hmm. Things are challenged. You know, right now, I just put a couple of shelves up in our house. Jane has got this her bug this year again to start plants and to to have uh, start garden vegetables and things like that. So we're trying to start a few in the window here. We've got one south-facing window, and it's full of plants right now. But for any of those plants to grow, they go through trials. Mm. The plants that will produce fruit have been put through a lot. First of all, a seed. The seed dies to germinate the, the plant. Mm-hmm. Then the roots grow. And then eventually it's going to be exposed to, to going outside. So there will be temperature changes. There will be daytime and nighttime temperature changes, wind blowing. All sorts of things will happen to that plant. Mm-hmm. And the one that survives mm-hmm. is the one that produces fruit. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you right now, looking at Jane's plant, she's planted more than we expect to survive. There's more There's more seeds planted than what we expect to survive mm-hmm. because only the strong ones are going to get to the point mm-hmm. where they bear fruit. But we scatter that seed like parable of the sower, hoping that, that we get some fruit out of that. But every single plant is going to go through trials just to get to the point where it can do that. Mm -hmm. If it's not strong enough, it just won't live long enough to produce the fruit. And I think God does that with us too. He starts us gently. Mm -hmm. And then we're expected to grow. Yeah. Not to stay the way we were when we were first saved, but to continue to grow. And that takes a lot of different, uh, I think, methods to get there. But I think one of them is... God does that just so we can depend on him a little bit more. Well, I was going to, this is, um, just a second here, close that up. Okay. That's not, okay. Whatever. All right. So, um, I was thinking of something else, but I'm going to read this. This is from first Peter two, uh, one through three. Therefore putting aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you've tasted the kindness of the Lord. And I think also it goes back to, if I go back to that James, James 1, oops, it's after Hebrews, it says, um, okay, I'll read that 1, 2 again, consider it, and I'm going to go through um, 4. Okay. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And then, um, it's I mean, it does. It increases our endurance, our faith. And I know what I wanted to say. And we've mentioned this in, in our Sunday school at our church before. And it's really stuck with me. Because mm-hmm. we all, if you're, if you're a believer... You want to be used by Jesus. You want to see people come to know the Lord. You want to be a good example. You you want all that. You want Jesus to shine through you. And one time we we were discussing in Sunday school, I don't know what we were discussing, but we came to the conclusion that it's in the trials where we really shine. Yes. Because anyone can be happy if they've got everything easy. Mm-hmm. But when when the world, when people outside us know we're going through something, but they see that we're still in God's peace. We're still content. We're still living our lives. We're still living a life of hope. Yes. No matter what's going on. That speaks to people. And and 
I really enjoy, well, the thought of that in that you almost can just be trying, trying to get through the trial and you don't, not that we have, we can make ourselves shine for Jesus, but it's almost like you're just, you're just living day by day and then God is using that and you don't even have to try to do anything else. You're just trying to get through the trial in a, in a way that's Christ-like and that is what will be the real work of God through you. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I, I agree wholeheartedly with that concept that, you know, we shine the best when we're under the most stress. Um, Boy, that's almost a poem. Yeah. <laughs> Can I use And that, <laughs> that concept of, of, you know, understanding that God loves us in the midst of these trials and, and continuing and having hope. You know, there's a lot of verses about that. Philippians 1.6, I am certain that God who began the work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on that day when Christ Jesus returns. It's basically saying that God is continuing to work in you. Mm. He's not He's not done with you. He's working with the full intent and purpose of, of refining you and finishing you and getting it stronger. You know, uh, Romans 5, 3 through 6 says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. You see, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, God died for the ungodly. Um, that I love that because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit and hope does not put us to shame. That is, I think, the true mark of a Christian above anything else. Love and hope. Hope, yeah. I mean, what are people on the outside seeing? Well, they see that you care for them. They see that you love them. They see that you love each other. They see that you, you can share God's love. But other people can do that if they're really wealthy. They can give a lot of money. They can do a lot of this. They can mm-hmm. do a lot of that. But when they're really, really in a bad spot, what is the hope? Mm-hmm. When you are challenged beyond what you think you can be challenged, which does not really exist, but we do feel that way at times, what, where's the hope? Well, the hope is only in Christ. There is no, there's nothing else we can put our faith in. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else that will outlive our troubles except Christ. I've got another one here. Uh-huh. Um, 2 Corinthians 1, um, 3 through Five, maybe? I'm not sure. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And I want to bring that up because often um, the best people who can um, comfort someone who's having a really rough time is someone who's been there. In that situation. Certainly. So like Sometimes God puts us in that just for that purpose. Yeah. And and I that it it increases our ministry potential really. If Mm -hmm. if uh if someone has lost a spouse, you know, they'll be the ones who know what someone else who just lost their spouse is feeling in 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 a in a way anyway. Not exactly of course, but Mm -hmm. it's like we get um we're qualified to speak to a hurt if we have dealt with that kind of hurt. And and hopefully, if we have dealt with that kind of hurt, we, we humbly speak to someone else if, if we feel it's 
it's right. Don't be like Job's friends who came and for the first seven days it was great. They were just sat in silence. I think it was seven days. And then after that they started lecturing him about all his problems. And I mean, that's not the way to help someone there. But, um, but it is the more, the more different kinds of troubles we deal with. And we don't have to go try to find troubles or trials. They'll, they'll come because we're human. But when, when we have dealt with all these different things, it does equip us in new ways. And, and we're here for, for God's purposes. And that's exactly uh, what it says in Second Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, that's what I just read. and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all affliction, mm. that we may comfort them, comfort them that are in any affliction. Mm-hmm. He comforts us so that we can learn to be His hands and feet and comfort mm-hmm. others. I love the fact that you know, God wants to use us to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. It's not necessary no. for Him because He will get His uh, God's will and His way will will. Uh, always overrule anything else, but the fact that he allows us to carry each other's burdens is a, is an amazing thing, mm-hmm. and that he wants us to do that. And I, I I love that concept that God wants to use you. Each and every one of us listening to this right now, God wants to use you. Mm-hmm. It, yes, he does. He Isn't that crazy? He doesn't want you to to be a spectator. He wants to be a participant. And you know, and all these things that happen. Um, you know, we're talking about hope here. In Psalm 71, David said, As for me, I will always have hope. Mm-hmm. I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your saving acts all day long. Though I know not how to relate them all, I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteous deeds, yours alone. My mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your saving acts all day long. Well, mm. Unless you have been lost, how can you be saved? Mm-hmm. Unless you have been through the fire, how can you t- tell someone about the fire? Or how can you share comfort for someone else who's going through fire? Um, you know something. I all know. of these things, oh. all of these things, tie together in the fact that as Christians, we have to believe that whatever storm comes upon us, the storm will not last forever. Right. That's our hope. Yeah, we wait on God and that he's going to get through. And right. that's the concept that, I mean, that's what you share with people. To share your hope. If that's what, you, if that's what you're, if you're witnessing to someone, share your trials. Mm-hmm. Share your pain. You know, when you, when you give your testimony, your testimony should be filled with all the glory God has done in your life. Mm-hmm. Not the things that you figured out in your head, but yeah. the things that God did in your life. And that... I think makes all the difference to someone on the outside because they see, um, they see that you had the same storms and you came through the other side. Mm-hmm. I have two things. Mm-hmm. One, the best, the best givers are those who have been in the greatest need because mm-hmm. they know what it's like. They the, the lower income people, and I just read this somewhere. Today, mm-hmm. lower income people are much better givers than someone who's really wealthy. Right. And um, and then this verse. This is a verse we could hold on to when we're in a trial. And my God, the Philippians 4.19, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So if, if, if your trial is something that you're in desperate need of, know God will provide it. 
and he'll he'll he might do it in a real creative way or he might bring someone along who just provides exactly what you need i mean mm-hmm. he will provide so you can claim this verse you can say god you say you're going to provide all my needs and i'm just trusting you you're not going to be late you will provide and you can hold on to that cuz he is the great provider he's a perfect mm-hmm. provider he doesn't always provide exactly what we think we want or need but he knows exactly what we need and he knows it better than we do right and um oh you've got to hold on to him oh he's, he's and i so think good. that i think again um sometimes those trials come upon us just so that we can lean more on god it's a humbling experience at times yeah and you know there's if something's completely outside of your control you know i you hear so often, you hear people say, well, there's nothing left to do but pray. I know. That's because they've tried to do everything under their own power and it didn't work. So then they pray. And that's basically what some people's way of saying it's hopeless. Yeah. But they, they give up the when hope. they say something like that. But actually the hope comes long before that. Yeah. Should come long before that time period. And the constant hope that we have, of course, is that um, if you have someone in your life or you yourself are failing in your health and you know that you know your mortal body is about to go, uh, that it's, it's decaying to the point where it can't be recovered by man, it can be recovered by Jesus. Yeah. So there is no ending. Yeah. There's only a new beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's the hope and that's the love. Mm-hmm. Can I say with something mm-hmm. else? I don't know if I've shared this, but this is, I really feel if we take a matter to God in prayer. We give him an in. We're saying, God, work in this situation. Right. It's like we're allowing him we're to work. We're opening that door. Opening the door for him to work. And he's like, all oh, right, I want to work here. I've been and waiting for you to ask. Yes, I've just been waiting. Yeah, even, I remember when uh, uh, the man came to Jesus and said, your disciple tried to throw out the demons. Oh, but the they father. couldn't. Yeah. And Jesus when the disciples asked later, Jesus said, These, this one can only be thrown out through prayer. Yeah. Jesus said it has can only come through prayer. So, I mean, that tells you there's some there's some depth to that. And Jesus uh, spent so much time in prayer. And he if, spent a lot of time in prayer, and he spent a lot of time in suffering. He went through a lot of trials that, while his death was necessary, as, as the perfect lamb, as a sacrifice, right. no one ever beat the lamb before the sacrifice. Oh, you're right. No one ever tortured the lamb before the sacrifice. I'm sure they were as humane as they could be in the sacrifices that they were doing in the temple. But Jesus went through suffering for us. Mm -hmm. In addition to death, he went through suffering. And sometimes these trials are meant for that purpose. Uh, 1 Peter 4, 12 through 16 says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you're blessed, for the spirit of glory and God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed and praise God that you bear that name. You know, when I see things like uh, Voice of the Martyrs comes out mm-hmm. or um, some of the other publications we get talking about the persecution of our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world and what they 
what they go through and what they what they are um, on a daily basis having to survive. It's it's daunting to see that because we don't have those same experiences. No. I mean, yeah, there are people. <laughs> There are people in this country who think it's persecution if someone says ha- "Happy Holidays," and that's not persecution. No, that's Actually, that's that's just secularism coming yeah, in. But, but that's not persecution. Holiday means holy day, so I mean. But it's not a. Right, it's right. not persecution for so. So many of us have never really experienced true persecution. No. Oh, okay. And but compared to what people in other in other nations, many that other are, nations are dealing with. Yeah. Um, we really haven't had to experience that. Might be coming though. It may be. It may be coming. But in in all things, we just need to lean on God. And you know, there are times when maybe God's preparing you for something coming mm-hmm. down the road that's worse. Yeah. So your your little trial might be there to make it easier for you to take the next one. I have a few verses. Okay. Hebrews uh, ten, thirty five says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great uh-huh. reward. Yep. And oh, these are really good. Uh, this I'm just going to read the rest of the chapter through 39. 36 says, For you have need of endurance, so that when you've done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a little, very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. And... Oh, I'll read the last verse. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul and um, Hebrews eleven six. this is a good one and without faith it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him so if we go through a trial with hope and love and endurance and just waiting on him to make it right God is pleased with that now, I will say, if we're in a trial or trouble or something, and there is something we can do. We need to do it. Well, yeah, we don't, we're not telling you to just sit and say, okay, God, make this work out right. I mean, there are times, parts of our trials or troubles, we have to do some hard stuff. Like maybe we have to confront someone, or maybe we have to reconcile with someone. But or, we do all those things through the through the lens of God, I think yes. that's a difference. Uh, in a situation like that, your prayer may be, Help me. God, show me what to do. Yeah, show me what to do. Reveal to me what's going on. Reveal to me what I need to do to to, to rectify the situation. Second uh, Corinthians four sixteen through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly, mm-hmm. outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Mm. Paul is just saying, no matter what's going on, no matter you're outwardly wasting away or anything else, those are momentary troubles. That is all temporary. (coughs) Everything is temporary on this earth. Eternity is on the other side, and on the other side is Jesus. So if we concentrate on the other side, then what's going on is not our focus, and it will not be overwhelming for us. You know, trials are not an easy thing to deal with. It's not a, it's not something you want. You, and for heaven's sake, do not ask God to give you trials. Give please. me trials. Don't do that. Test my patience, Lord. Oh no, don't don't ask for that because 
You may you get will. what you ask for. <laughs> but there are also there are also these times that I think where James said consider it all joy. We need to consider the fact that everything we've been through, if we've leaned on the Lord and we've come through the other side, mm-hmm. no matter the outcome, the fact that we had the Lord to lean on in the whole in the first place was such a huge blessing. And also in these trials it it strips away things that don't matter and you do get closer to Jesus if you let it and that is joyful. I mean Jesus is joy and to be closer to him I would I'll take it. If that means I'm gonna get closer to him and lean in on him more and just rest in his presence, I mean that's what life is it's about. The biggest trial or challenge or tribulation I think I've ever experienced in my life was losing our daughter and I know at the time I felt God's presence so much and at the time and still to this day I have no idea why no idea how someone can go through that Mm -hmm. and not have Jesus Mm -hmm. how they can survive going through that experience without having Christ well, to hold them up because I felt his hands wrapped around me holding me on my feet in days when I shouldn't have been able to do that and I didn't think I could but I knew God would hold me and he did yeah I, I just thought of something um, well I probably won't be able to find it at the moment but it's in Isaiah and it says uh, the the rain falls on the just and the unjust right. That God gives to all in seasons. And I do think if someone who doesn't know Jesus gets through a trial better, you know, they say that you either get bitter or better. And nobody wants to be bitter, but there's a lot of bitter people. And I will say there are bitter Christians, which is not the way it's supposed to be. But if a person gets through a trial and they're a better person, they're more humble, they're more gentle, and they don't know the Lord, I still think God was helping them. And, and maybe it is a way to get them to know him. But I know that, that God is wooing everybody to himself. He wants everybody to accept him. Mm-hmm. So he is there if someone looks up like a Cornelius. Isn't that his name? The one that Peter went to after he saw all those animals on the sheet. And, and God sends an angel. And the angel, he did not yet know God, didn't know Jesus. He... He was a worshiper of God, but the angel said, Cornelius, have have your men go get this man named Peter. And so it's like we're on a journey. And so if someone is seeking the truth, if they, if they want to be more than who they are, just more than a human, a sinner, I think, you know, if they're seeking the truth, God will, God's not going to hide from them. No. And so I do think that... The only there, way to get through it is with God, but and there's that little cliche about the foot, footprints in the sand thing, and I think there's a lot of times. I know in my own life when I can look back before I was a believer that God had His hand on me. Mm-hmm. I know there were times in my life when, if He hadn't had His hand on me, I wouldn't have survived certain things, and yet God's hand on me has has been powerful and strong enough that it is even when I did not have any faith. Mm-hmm. His love still shines through, and I can look back and see that now with the advantage of twenty twenty hindsight. Yeah. I can see all the times that 
not all. I'm sure there's times when it's happened and I didn't even realize it, but I can see many times in my life where God has stepped in and intervened even before mm-hmm. I could ask him, even before mm-hmm. I knew, even before I thought about that. So, mm-hmm. Well, I hope that our discussion here has... has Helped you. Helped you in some or way. at least been enjoyable. Or maybe informed you on something. Or maybe just gave you the curiosity to go and look into these things yourself. We didn't have any laughter. No, we didn't Did really laugh joke? much. No, oh, not really. Oh, come on. End, end the thing with the joke. Oh. you got to have a joke. How did the lumberjack get really good at, on his computer? What? He logged on. Oh. Yeah, see, there's, there's your joke. Oh, Bad okay. dad jokes. All right. Uh, that's horrible. Folks, we love you, and God loves you, and we really hope that you grow in your faith and you continue to persevere and and just live in a life of hope the way God really intends us to live. And don't make fun of lightsabers. And also, if you... <laughs> sorry, that is a joke, but I won't... That Anyway, if you have a topic you'd want us to talk about, why don't you send us an email or... Yeah, we'd love to hear from we're you. We're really easy to find on the internet because I know all these Chinese people are always finding me and asking me to interview, review things and I just delete their <laughs> stuff. So I'm sure you can but, find us. Yeah, if you want to, please, we'd love to hear you, hear from you. Reach out to us and we'd love to... Give us some ideas. Grab a topic and run with it. So. Yeah, okay. Hey, have a nice night. God Talk bless. to you later. God bless you.